podcast with me phil and me paul and on this week's show we're going to be talking about uh, episode six of uh, this series of doctor we're halfway there and that is the woman who lived but first as always let's have some news now if there's been a couple of um i to say quite large announcements isn't there uh during yes. the week yeah um now we sort of covered um, these before really, um, but at the time we thought that certainly the first one was just a rumor, and obviously as probably most most of you know already, is that Big Finish have finally announced that the Tenth Doctor and Donna are returning. Mm, yeah. So the rumor was true after all. Yes, it was true. Um, even I had sort of received other sort of correspondence afterwards saying, no, this is definitely happening. They've got someone, you know, in the know and it is happening. But I thought, well, believe it when, when it's announced by Big Finish. Yeah, um, and it has been. And it has been. So there we go. So it appears we're going to get, um, I think, is it three one-hour long audio stories in May next year, uh, mm-hmm. ball account. So um, apparently happens with Technophobia by Matt Fitton, um, which is set in a, a future, slightly future London. Uh, then it's got Time Reaver by Jenny T. Colgan, um, where it says the uh, an entirely mechanical planet, catch, hitch, fuel, fixed by pretty much any kind of transportation existence. It's also a world full of scoundrels where a deadly black market has opened up in a device known only as the Time Reaver. And then uh, the final one is Death and the Queen by James Goss. Where Donna is swept up in a fairy tale romance and meets the land of her dreams, a man of her dreams, the land of her dreams, as well to say. There you go. The land made of chocolates. <laughs> uh, we all dream of that. We do. Don't we? <laughs> yeah. So a uh, man, yeah, meets the man of her dreams. So there we go. That's something to be happy about. Yes. Yes. I, I shall certainly be getting those. Um, this you sort of got the feeling when they they started getting the characters from the new episodes that. This was going to be the next step, didn't you? This yeah, it is the logical step, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. They um, was paving the way for this announcement. Yeah, certainly, certainly. So yes, this is this is excellent news. It really is. So, you know, John Hurt, David Tennant, and, and Catherine Tate back in the saddle as well. This is big finisher putting some big guns out here. Yeah, um, and considering it's sort of pretty much. I suppose you could say it's still quite a small business they've got, and what they actually turn out and the names they attract is is pretty damn impressive from them, I think, actually. Well, that's from next year when Doctor Who's no longer on the telly. This would be all we're at, isn't it? <laughs> You're perpetuating that rumour, Paul. <laughs> Even though it does appear to be gathering um, speed, that one slightly, doesn't it? Yeah. Hmm. Yes, it does look a bit uh, doubtful. But, oh, well, well, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Now, um, the other item, or sort of big item of news this week, if you want to call it that. Um, now, a couple of weeks ago, we um, sort of covered a, a very sort of brief announcement from um, sort of from Bob Baker saying on the 24th of October, there will be an, an announcement about uh, K9. Um, now, the announcement is, now this, I... I as I put on Facebook, I never saw coming. Did you see this coming, Paul? No. No, I didn't. There's going to be a film, um, apparently, called K9 Timequake. Now, not only does this feature K9, this is also going to feature Omega. Mm. Mm. Now, are, are they already taking advanced bookings, do we know? <laughs> well, this is this is due for release in uh, apparently in, in 2017. Um, however... There doesn't appear to be any sort of any other news on when it's actually filming. On it, 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 this yeah. it, this sounds a bit like a on the face, a bit like a, a development hell sort of project, really. Um, because um, we we were never because we, we didn't really sort of, sort of keep up on events on the on the Canine Adventures series, did we? No, and we sort of like you know what happened to the second series, which never happened. Apparently, they were still trying to find funding for that, and all of a sudden, it's turned into a. A film. Now, whether they're still trying to get funding for a second series, I've got absolutely no idea. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's also it's going to be co-written with Nick Park, who wrote, um, or sort of, <laughs> it brought Wallace and Gromit, basically. 
Yeah. Yeah, which is probably more known for, well, comedies, really. Sort of Nick Park, isn't it? They're not sort of like, yeah. you know, serious feature films. Um, yeah. Or I, was it? I, was it or was it that he wrote Nick with Nick Park on the Wallace and Gromit stuff? He might have done. Rather than... I must admit, yeah, I haven't looked. I haven't sort of looked that up too much, to be honest. You could, you might be right there, actually. I think that might be the Nick Park, yeah. Connection. Now, obviously, I mean, as we, I think people have watched um, this series when it was out. It's a few years ago now. Um, would know that, that they weren't allowed to reference anything to do with Doctor Who because it was um, basically Bob Baker owned the rights to to K Nine. Um, and let's not forget Bob Maker, uh, Baker and Dave Martin at the time um, owned the rights to the Omega character. As well, which probably explains why he's, he's going to be appearing in this film. I mean, does he still? Is the question. Well, yes. <laughs> it may well be the, the, the very much the connection here is the fact that he doesn't have to pay anybody to. Well, no, exactly. Um, and I'm interested to see how they're going to um, realise Omega these days. You know, is, is well, it going to be a you know a CG creation or some bloke beyond a mask? I mean, as it used to be. Who knows? Who knows, really? But yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, they're just going to go back to the three doctors, and he's just going to be invisible, and that solves it. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that solves all the funding problems. Exactly, exactly. But apparently, this is going to be a multi-million-dollar um, or multi-million-pound, whatever you want to say, um, production. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 it's meant to be like a UK co-production. Um, as when studio work is planned for the UK, um, it does actually say where it's planned for the UK, so it doesn't say what studio they're going to be. Well. You know, going to be uh, filming him, yeah. but I, do you know, I, I, I kind of hope they get they get this off the ground. Really, I kind of sort of wish them well with this. It, it, it's, oh yeah, it, it's I mean, so yeah, left. I, I certainly don't wish them any harm. No, it's certainly le- sort of left, sort of left field. This this one. I mean, honestly, I never ever saw this coming at all. Really yes, did. All the talk of the film. There one day would be a film. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it it's going to be K nine, did you? Uh-huh. <laughs> But so, yeah, so if you get any more news on that, um, we'll, we'll certainly br- sort of bring that to you because it, it just—it's just sort of so, um, just so unexpected. That is it, really. It's just so unexpected. So, anyway, um, now obviously um, this week, the Underwater Menace uh, was released on DVD, in which I've got my copy. Have you got yours yet, Paul? No, no. I've been sort of well. I, I got mine yesterday because we we'll record on the Tuesday, so I got mine delivered um, yesterday from Amazon, and um, I was sort of soaking up all the um, extras that are on there. There's not 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 a lot, but uh, but this is it. I just said this is this is the potentially the last DVD. It's quite a, a sad moment, really. Have you actually watched it yet? I haven't. No, I'm, I'm doing what I usually do. Let's go through go through all the extras first. And then, then I then I sort of sit down and watch um, watch the the story itself. But uh, but anyway, so, see, see, there's been some none too friendly comments about the telly snap stuff. Oh come on, what's wrong with people? What do they expect, really? You know, we we all knew there wasn't going to be the the animated stuff. Already said it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, and for ages it was going to when when it's announced it's going to be released, it was going to be you know the telly snaps. Um, I thought the telly snaps worked perfectly well for the missing episode of the Web of Fear. I, but yeah, I don't think I don't think the fact that it's telly snaps is the problem. I mean, from what I've read, mm. but that may just be. Well, what's the people. What, what's what's their problem? Just with saying it, that they're just not very good quality. Well, the, they can only lay their hands on what the, what's what's around. Yeah. You know, they can't just yeah. conjure up new new telly snaps, can they? I mean, right. Yeah. Oh dear. Get a grip, people. Get a grip. Um, now, what, what, what the, the announcer was going to say here is that the Underwater Mess is now also available on iTunes as well, um, which is pretty much what they did first with Web of Fear and Enemy of the World, isn't it? Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think really, if, if this is the really the sort of the way the way to go, if they come, if they do come up with any more episodes missing stuff, this is probably the way to do it. Really, is you still like do? Uh, and I'm surprised this wasn't a vanilla release. In all honesty, like like the others were, um, but perhaps they just felt because of the this fact that it was only two really two episodes, they had to they had to do something else, give with something it. out there. Yeah, well, I've watched one of the um... and 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 I suspect at the time when they put together all the the extras and that was mm. probably because it was going to go with the animation, which 
they seem to have had planned for this. Yes, then it, never. Yeah, then it all just never sort of, happened. Yeah, yeah. It just sort of disappeared, didn't it? Um, I've watched the, um, the 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 behind the scenes documentary of Fishy Tail and the um, the dates on that one that was produced was two thousand thirteen. Yeah, actually, so they've obviously had this sitting around for a, for a while um, and expecting to release it, as you say, with the animation. So yeah, um, so this just sort of been almost all rushed out, sort of almost under cover of darkness. There was no sort of big announcement for this one, was there? I mean, because to be honest, everything everything they've got on here has been available since before Web of Fear and technically, yeah. Yeah, because this was all, I think, put into motion when they found this episode, when they thought, right, that's it, we're going to do the rest that's going to be animated, because that seemed to be the way yeah. they were moving. And and unfortunately, it just sort of stopped. Um, that was a good year to two years before. Yeah, before the sort of like the, well, the anniversary the, year, really, isn't it? The extra ones, yeah, the extra yeah. stuff that was found. Yeah, so. exactly. So... Oh well, but at least it's available on iTunes now. So obviously, if you don't want to pay like the, I don't know how much it, how much I pay for it on, on Amazon, but they so it's going to be a darn sight cheaper on iTunes. So there well, you. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It might be actually. Tell me, you sort of pay for your delivery and everything on Amazon. But anyway, anyway, um, well that's it for sort of for proper news. But now it's time for stats. Oh dear, the bit that nobody looks forward to. Um, the woman who lived, the overnight viewing figures were 4.34 million, um, which had made it had an average share of uh, 20% of the total TV audience for that day, and it was also third for that day as well. Yeah. Which was which was good, actually. Mm. But interestingly, though, uh, Casualty was pushed below 4 million. Yeah. So this, this doctor's trumping their doctors. I was going to say, yeah, yes. there's only so many doctors you can take in one day. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Now the AI for the woman who lived was eighty-one. That's for the lowest that, that it's had, isn't it? Yeah, that's the lowest it's had. Well, didn't, didn't you know. the yeah? Didn't the girl who died also get eighty-one? Ah, uh, eighty-three, wasn't it? Was it? Oh, maybe. So, yeah. so didn't didn't we say then that was the lowest this series? Yeah, and it's trumped it. <laughs> the woman who lived has, has trumped it. So mm, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, now, the girl who died, the official ratings um, in the end, consolidated rating, was 6.56 million viewers. Yeah. Okay. So it was the 11th most watched program on BBC television and second overall on Saturday. And it also indicated it will finish 19th in the chart as well. Yeah. So, yeah, pre- again, pretty healthy, pretty healthy. Um, as you can probably tell, we're not elaborating too much on the stats because um, I think even we're getting bored with it now. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah, we're just going to get through this rather quickly, rather quickly, and uh, that's it, really. That's it for the news. I mean, the you only know. thing is if you if you look, can look at the, the audience, top audience, including HD and plus one stuff, it's all pretty colours. <laughs> oh, it is, actually, isn't it? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that becomes the stat highlight. There, it's pretty colours, everybody. If you, so, if you that's about pretty colours and shapes, then uh, but this this is this is the one for you, really, isn't it? It is. Yes, it is. But anyway, should we go to Omega's Tat Corner? Yes. Yeah. Why? Let's. You pester me with trinkets. Okay. Now we've got one item of tat for you this week, and this was actually sent in to us by a listener, uh, Kieran Hyman. Hello, Kieran. Uh, thank you for sending this to us, and. Um, this is the time of year we look forward to, really, isn't it? Because as we covered last week with the festive jumpers, um, this time of year we also get the Doctor Who Christmas ornaments as well. We do. We do, we do. Um, now, one that uh, Kieran sent through to us was an 11th Doctor T-shirt ornament, which is probably the most bizarre concepts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it just is, you know, what, what exactly do you want to be here? I know. Now... It actually, sort of, I'm going to might put this on the on the uh, Facebook group after this after this goes out. Actually, because this has got to be seen to be believed. Really, it's a it's a Christmas ornament in the shape of a T-shirt with a print of Matt Smith as a doctor on it, saying "Trust me, I'm the doctor." Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, it looks like someone <laughs> managed to buy the rights to that picture to use on a T-shirt. <laughs> Then decided, oh no, I could do this in other ways, and was told, no, you can only have that on a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, so have made a t-shirt ornament. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But I don't like the description of this. It said, um, actually, well, I'll, I'll sort of misread it because it says let Matt Smith's length doctor. And I thought, I thought it said lay Matt Smith. <laughs> I just misread it. Lay Matt Smith's length doctor. Um, give your Christmas tree the doctor who touch it craves. Uh, the Doctor Length Doctor T-shirt glass on that is a mouthful, isn't it? Uh, measures three and a half inches tall and features a portrait of the Eleventh Doctor. Wow! It's yeah, it is just a bizarre idea. Because I mean, you know, I don't know about you when I grew up, but I always wanted to put the T-shirt ornaments up first. Yes, indeed. Now I, I don't know because this this was actually came out in two thousand and fourteen. How did this pass us by last year? Yeah, I don't know. As he takes a massive swig of alcohol there. Of course, yeah. <laughs> It's the only way I can get, get through. through this. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, how did this pass us by? Crikey. I don't know. Yeah, it just slipped through. Yeah, it's, it's just... I mean, no, it, it's just us being thrifty, isn't it? Because the price has gone down now. So yes, this, is, yes this, this was six ninety nine. This is now available from the BBC shop for the price of £4.99. It's in stock, ready to be dispatched. So don't delay. So, so don't delay, buy this now. The the, the thing is, though, this, this this actually comes under home and garden section <laughs> on the BBC shop. <laughs> well, where, where, where'd, you, where, where'd you put your tree? <laughs> well, I know. I know, indeed. <laughs> Seems pretty logical to me. Well, if... if, if... If someone bought me that as an ornament, I can I can tell exactly where I put that tree. Actually, <laughs> okay, everybody, that's it for the news. That's it for Tack Corner. So coming up next is our review of the woman who lived. So for another week, then that was the news. Okay, everybody, it's time for us to take a look at the latest episode of Doctor Who, and that would be the woman who lived. I don't need your help, Doctor. You got your dad as a sidekick. You need mine. Just this once, you can't run off like you usually do. What happened to you? You did, Doctor. And Paul, it is your honour to kick this review off. What did you good. think? Yeah, what did you think? Um, Maybe the last time I say good during this review. No, I don't know. <laughs> it's... Yeah, I don't know. It's, it, is it just... It's times actually when I wish I didn't. We wasn't doing these reviews because I might have just sort of let this go, and it would have been a quiet I, episode and fine. Yeah, um, I just can't get in. I just couldn't get interested in this episode at all. Do, do I you have know, to say, well, yeah, because we, we didn't see it on Saturday, did we? No, because um, we, we we were in the pub. And yes, we, 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 and I think that I think on reflection, a good decision. Yeah, because um, I, I watched it um, sort of Sunday Sunday night actually. And I thought I always watch it at least a couple of times before we do a review. And when it comes to sort of uh, watching it again uh, for a second time, I thought, can I just get away with watching it once? And, that, and that's how I felt about it. Yeah. Really. Um, I'm not saying it was a particularly bad episode because I, I thought there was some interesting stuff in there. There was. It just seemed to be... I just don't know what it is. I think this week, last week's and this week's, could have been cut down to a two parts to them two talking. Mm. Get rid of the nothing really story from last week, the nothing really story from this week. And just have one episode exploring what it is to be left behind by the doctor but live forever. Yeah, yeah. Which which was the underlying well, I think it was the main theme of this really, wasn't it? The whole yeah. thing of bit of, of of being immortal. Um and I'm, what, I mean, what, what did you like about this episode? Should we do that first before we get to the negative snipey stuff? <laughs> <laughs> get, get the quick bit out of the way first. <laughs> no, I mean, there were some quite good scenes. I, I, you know, the generally, when it was just me and mm. the Doctor, yes. was actually, yeah, some of those scenes talking about the fact of why wouldn't you take me and all yeah. that. Yeah. And what it was like to have lasted all that time mm. with people dying it was good yeah and i enjoyed it it's just I just the rest of the story it just didn't seem to have anything to hang it on is the problem for yeah me. It's, it, I th- it's, it's that thing again of of 
it's doing the historical stories and then shoehorning in a sci-fi angle to it. Now, okay, and this there already is sort of like a sci-fi angle because you've got, you've got the Doctor's traveling time and space. You've got someone he's made immortal. But yeah. I think that's probably enough. And, and that yeah. person had decided to be a, a highwayman. And yeah. I think that's probably enough. You didn't need um, this other subplot of trying to find the, you know, this this amulet. Um, you yeah. Know, or the you know the the eyes of Hades, which I think is this going to mean something later on? It's all like, you know, especially at the end, where you know purple, the color of death. Is this going to lead to something later on in the series? It's, it just seems to overplay that whole the whole hell and death angle. Um, but this, but but then you you sort of had like the, the bloody Thundercats turned up as well, <laughs> you know. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that's also the fact that it was actually a rather, what is, you know, why? Yeah, why, why, are, you, why are you here? What are you doing in yes. this story? That You served absolutely no purpose at all. Um, and yeah, I, I just I just couldn't see the point to it. I, I really didn't see the point to it. And I, I really hate to be negative because, I mean, I've, I've really enjoyed this series up, up until now. And there was stuff to enjoy in this as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm you not know, even but, saying that I hate this or no, dislike no. this. It's just... It's just there. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it, 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 like I say, as I started this up, if we wasn't doing a podcast that we'd actually sort of now feel like we've got to talk about it, mm. it's actually more because I can't really find anything to talk about in it. No, I... Uh, I mean, it's not that... It, it might be... It had been easier if I'd actually hated it mm. because I could have, you know, had fun perhaps taking it apart. Perhaps. Yeah, that's it. I mean... But I, no, I, it's just really... Well, there's... The, I mean, there's the one thing, obviously, straight from off off the bat of this story is um, the first time you see The Nightmare. Um, talking with a man's voice. Yeah. And then you realise it's actually, you know, Ashley there and, you know, she's, she's been practising the voice. Now, somebody, I can't remember who it was, put on, on some Facebook group the um, a picture from Blackadder, the episode where Miranda Richardson plays, you know, that, that um, the girl that uh, Prince George was going to marry. She, she was actually the, the, that, high, that famous highwoman. Yeah. And she could just do a man's voice. Now, whether that was someone put up saying, "Oh, it's just like Blackadder," whether that was intentional, that was a riff on Blackadder. I've got a funny feeling it probably was. Yeah, actually, so like a, a, you know, it was a it was a woman pretending to be a, a highway man, and and put on this this male voice. So, um, and again, I thought, was it going to be some sort of um, sci-fi trickery that altered her voice? No, it was just no explanation. She just practiced it. Doing a man's just voice, do that just voice. do that exactly, um, and it just would have been better. If they could have either, either she could have done it, or if they could have actually got a somebody to have done. You know, oh, I just don't know. It just there's just bits of it that just took you out of this that you just thought, I'm not really sure that I'm actually following this really, or can care about this character. No. Um, now we said last, which week, is interesting, seeing the main subplot of this is about whether you lose the. Lose the ability to care about something after a long time. <laughs> well, you think I like I like the idea that she's been alive for you know for eight hundred years and she had many different names, but those names had died with the people that she knew. Yeah, and I quite like now she's called me. Mm. I'm just me. I'm I'm you know I'm on my own. I've got no one there with me. Blah blah blah. Um, and I do think some of the things that during her life, you know, she kept all those journals, which I thought was a a, a good idea for her to. Sort of remember when she wanted to. Um, yeah, I mean, yes, and, yeah, and the whole thing about uh, uh, like her uh, uh, three kids dying. I'm assuming they're meant to be her kids or kids she was looking after. I don't know. I presume that was, that was meant but... to be her kids because she's because when he asked her why, when she said about she tore out some pages because they were too painful, mm. and he said, "Well, why did you leave that in there?" She said it to remind her not to have any more. Yeah, yeah, you're right. She did say that. Yes, you're right. So, so. Yeah. Yeah, but that really then gets to the point where actually the ending to this really just annoys me. Actually, actually, I haven't said nothing. No, it did annoy me because okay, so she stood there and she's let watched her three kids die, knowing that she could save one of them. Yes, if she wanted to. Now, am I right in thinking now that but decided no, they wasn't worth it. But come the end of this episode. She thinks, oh, it's worth saving a, a complete stranger. Stranger. Well, not stranger, but yeah. Yeah. Someone that didn't really mean anything to her. Yeah. 
that she she probably would have shot herself. Mm. Yeah. And was yeah. Well, let's talk as we're on the subject of the ending. Um, we want to just get this out of the way. It's, it's that whole about face when she saw people being blown up, and she and in the middle of that, she said, "I care. I actually care." And and it it just it's just, it just <laughs> no, awful. No, and no, I thought, no, I, don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Because this whole thing at the end, it was just so rushed and pointless. Yeah. Um, and if it was just used just to sort of give her a complete character change, um, it, for me, it didn't work. And I mean, going back to Maisie, I was about to say earlier on, we we said last week we haven't really seen Maisie Williams anything else. We've never watched Game of Thrones, so we've nothing to compare her with. And we're hoping this week would have a better angle on on what her acting's really like. She's given me more to do. Um, I thought in some scenes she was really good. Yeah. But some of the line reads and other scenes, I thought she was really like rather flat as well. And some of the more um, emotional stuff i didn't think she had the gravitas to pull it off if, if you see no, what i mean there, there, there was no chemistry between well that's, a, that's what i can't say because everyone's been talking about the great chemistry between them and i just didn't get it i didn't either no i really i really didn't get it um and i'm not saying that she, she you, a... you'd have thought if those scenes had been played with him and jenna coleman mm. there would have been a lot more going on yeah I think. Do you know what? I, I made a note at, 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 right at the very end. When Clara turned up in the TARDIS at the end, it perked up. <laughs> it was a relief, yeah. It was. The story perked up when she was just that brief couple of minutes at yeah. the end. It just sort of perked up for me. It really did. <laughs> well, uh, that may just be your reaction to Jenna Coleman. <laughs> I don't know. Is that now new euphemus? I just perked up. Um. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, I mean, the whole mortality or immortality thing. I, I thought it was it was an interesting concept, and I think, um, and it, and is it setting up now for some point in the future as well? Well, yeah, there's this whole thing of um, she sort of said, "How many Claras have you watched die?" Now, whether she was talking about all the Claras that have been through the Doctor's life, or just using saying Claras as a, a means to referencing all yeah. the other companions. That he's travelled with, um, yeah. I mean, I, this is this is so signposting what's going to happen to Clara now. I feel, yeah, it really is. That she's now watching over her almost. And... Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, which yeah. So that, that is this, you know, is you know, um, Ashwood they're going to have some some hand in Clara's death, or is is that where this is going, or or she's going to try and save Clara and it backfires? I mean, who? It's interesting that Clara yeah. didn't recognise her in the photo either. No. Seeing as you know, she had met her. Yes, indeed. Yeah, and knew that she was supposed she could well be immortal. Yeah. Mm, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. Oh well, she's more interested in the kids, wasn't she? A, a yeah. class, a, a, a sort of give them a class. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, and I like the thing about you know you're immortal, but you haven't got like the Time Lord's brain capacity to remember everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that was I, a good I like idea. that. Yeah, as in, yeah, you just would get to the point where, which is true, you would, you, you, you as, would yeah, forget things. Yeah, the older you get, you do forget things, don't you? So if you've been yeah. alive for that long, your your human brain is not going to retain that information. So yeah, um, even though you could argue that thing would would repair that. Yeah, thing but, side, but, but no, you know, the, I, I, like, I like the angle it took. Yeah, yeah, the idea of the, the fact that there is only you know, as as in a computer, there is only so much hard disk space in your brain. Yeah. And if you live long enough, you'll exceed that, so you'll have to delete stuff to, to, to carry on. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, I, I, I like the idea. I did like the idea behind it. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that that's pretty much the stuff I kind of like. Actually, I didn't... I quite like Rufus Hound as well, as Sam Swift the, the Quick. And I'm, I'm assuming by that little sigh you just gave, that's audible for everyone at home, that you weren't quite so impressed as me. <laughs> um... I- yeah, as as a knockabout character, it was okay. He was okay. Yeah. Again, yeah. it just sort of you've got you've got one side. You've got what is trying to be a very intelligent story, mm. coupled with basically a pantomime going on. Well, it was. I mean, other people have referred to it as like he was just doing his stand up. They've got a stand up comedian to do stand up in the middle of Doctor Who. I think he'd be very upset if he thinks people think that's his stand-up. stand-up I know, exactly. But wasn't... Is is this what they used to do when they were sent to the gallows? They just sort of, like, 
keep the because it was entertainment then, wasn't it? Yeah, back back in those days, and and, and the, did the crowds go um, to be entertained? So they used to go, you know, it's a, no, there, I, was, was I, a public think, hanging. So I think the crowd went to see someone die. To be honest, well, yeah, but but, but was that the lead? Was that something that happened? I I I don't know. I don't know, was, I don't know either. I, I doubt happened? it's somewhere along the line. But what I what I did like though was when when he realised that his time was up and the crowd would just I'll oh, just hang him now, and it was the look on his face. He sort of it was like oh oh no, and he, he looked so sort of crestfallen. Yeah, and I thought it was very subtly done by him. I, I, I really did like that moment. He's I mean, like, to, be, to be honest, yeah, it, it, there was a quick was... look of panic on his face. Oh God, this is it! You know, um, it wasn't overdone; it, it was underplayed, and I really liked that. Yeah, but it just really was the case of you did get the feeling that it's almost a bit of stunt casting. Yes, because yeah. I'm sure they could have got well I, an I, actor I, to do the funny bits better than he could do the acting bits yeah well he, he has acted in other things before anyway so i mean it's not as if he yeah. hasn't he hasn't no. acted um no, but yeah it just sort of i don't know yeah but no i, I didn't mind him in it i, I, I quite no. like i quite like that that bit especially that bit when he realized oh this is it you know it was that very underplayed panic that he did uh, yeah I, I thought it, was, it was quite nicely done um yeah so I mean, obviously that, that leads up to the you know thundercats appearing again lion o Turns up. Um, I didn't like the fact that the doctor called him Lenny the Lion. Lenny the Lion. I know that's that's, that's one for our age group, isn't it? So, yeah. <laughs> um, why he breathed fire? I don't know. Or had or had electric eyes? Yes, indeed. Because it didn't seem to serve any purpose, did it? No, really. And then he's gone. He's just zapped, and that's the end of him. As yeah. I say, it was completely and utterly pointless. It really was. Um, I, I only, I, well, only, only for, really for for the, for the lady meet or actually we were call her just to be tricked at the end. Yeah, that was it, really. But you, you could have done anything other than that, really. You know, you really could have done. Um, there, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think they're they, in actual fact. I mean, it, it was just trying to bring in a sci-fi element for the sake of it, wasn't it? It was the sci-fi elements of this story should just be that here is a person that's lived for eight hundred years waiting for the doctor to come back for them. Yeah, that is it, really. That is it. So I mean, that would have been perfectly okay as an, to me. It would have been perfectly okay as an episode. Um, yeah. But again, I, I suppose you could you you could kind of compare to something like Inferno. Well, you had a perfectly good story of the Earth being in peril with that wet drilling to the Earth's core, then the Doctor slips sideways into alternate universe, yeah, where it actually happens, and he has to slide back again to prevent it happening in his own universe. But then that was a good enough story on its own. But then they put in um, the Primords, yeah, as as a, a scary monster for the kids, mm. and I suppose you could say Leandro was fulfilling that purpose. In a, to a certain degree, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I, I, I can understand that. It's just, yeah, it's it's where Doctor Who doesn't quite know. It's all I keep saying this about this series, perhaps more mm. than any other, doesn't quite know what audience it's going for. Yeah, and it's trying, to, and I think in trying to 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 work on two levels, you end up with two different stories, and they don't necessarily mix. No, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, because the theme behind this is quite an adult theme. Yeah, and the whole thing about you know watching your your kids die as well. Yeah, that, that is not. Uh, it's not family friendly. No, really. And <laughs> no, yes, in more ways than in one. more ways than one. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, but I mean, and also like the like things like the well hung jokes as well. Yeah. Again, do you need that in Doctor Who? I know it's going out later, but it's still meant to be a family show. You're meant to be about to sit down with your with your kids to watch. Yeah, and and know. if you yeah, and if you're going to do that, I could then... me being the prude. I, mean, I love a, then... I love a good knob gag myself, but you know, um, but is it uh, right in Doctor Who? That's the thing, you know. Well, it's not even a question. Is it right in Doctor Who? But then, if you're going to have that stuff, then why do you need the uh... as you say, the Thundercat? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh dear, but um, other couple of things like the, the mention of the pteroleptils as well, yes, which I thought was quite um, a nice little 
nice little uh, reference. Um, as was Captain Jack Harkness at the end, the other, the other immortal yeah. person. Um, and I just like the fact, have you met him? No, don't worry, I'll get round to you. Eventually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, wasn't it Catherine Tregana wrote the episode Captain Jack Harkness in Torchwood? Was it, is it, I think it was meant to be like an in-joke, really, wasn't it? Right. I think that's, I think that's the episode she wrote um, um, for that series. But um, Yeah, but there was, a, there was a couple of other things which made me think this, I don't know, maybe this is a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a, uh, how can I put, I'm trying to think of a nice way to put it, maybe a bit more of a, of a, more of a lax production. Um, because one thing that um, Martin Havel from the Bad Wolf podcast posted on, on his Facebook page was the um, the radio mic pack hanging from one of the um, soldiers' breastplates. Did you notice that when the doctor was tied up and the two comedy guards came in? No, uh, I didn't. Actually. And it was the Welsh one, and because uh, obviously um, I was I was now looking for it after after being told. Yeah. Um, and yeah, sure enough, it, it was just hanging under his breastplate. It just completely slipped obviously that's where they tucked it up to hide it and it just slipped out so that was there for you know all to see if you if you noticed it and the other thing as well um was the rubber horse that the doctor was riding yeah that that was pretty bad i mean that I was yeah there was no excuse for that to be honest no. it, it was fine you just saw its ear in the corner of the shot it was just in shot but then the camera sort of dropped down a little bit and you saw like this rubber horse with a black curly wig on it and it looked, and do you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of, um, oh God, there was um, that sort of Harry Hill. <laughs> when he said that horse turn up for no reason. <laughs> it just reminded me of that. And I have to say, he wasn't the best at pretending to be riding a horse, was he? No. I don't know how much horse work he's done in the past. Well, he did a better job of it in um, Deep Breath, didn't he? Yeah. Because he rode a horse honest, in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fair, yeah, and, then, and I must yeah, admit that that, that was that was at night though, so maybe the the, the horse prop wasn't quite so noticeable. Okay. Maybe it was a bit too much of a harsh light. This this was this story's murker, really, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. And I sort of you know yeah, because actually what that put me in mind of was watching that was um, thinking back to um, Matt Smith, where they was riding to Stonehenge. Mm. Yeah, and that's that was actually done quite well. Yes, it was. There. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and you did find myself comparing the two styles of Doctor on a horse. <laughs> oh, dear. And is it this, didn't is, come off favourably. Is this is what fandoms come to now? <laughs> I compare Doctors with style. <laughs> I think this is where this, this episode come to, to be mm. honest, that I was so not involved in the story. Yeah. But I'm sitting there thinking, and it was actually quite a long scene. Yes, I it was actually he was trying yes. to build up tension to him. Is he going to get there in time to to stop the hanging? But we sort of know he is. Well, exactly. Yeah, and it just didn't need to be. You didn't need the shot of a rubber horse. I mean, actually, thinking about it, I don't know whether whether <laughs> the, the rubber horse was an in joke in this. Do you reckon? Because he does. The doctor does come out, doesn't he? His next his first scene is, "I'm sorry about the horse." <laughs> it could be yes he does say that hmm so I wonder, interesting, i'm wondering um, whether whether uh, as they was filming it was all a case of oh god what, what, what they come up with a prop department to come up with here oh no bloody hell oh he, he just looked appalling it just did absolutely appalling and i've only got one more thing to to, to mention um about this um the bloody guitar turned up again didn't it yeah right at the end <laughs> Please lose the guitar. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I can't. I did. I did say that, and, and my my thoughts were more to you than the fact that I didn't like it. I, I, I don't mind. I don't mind. The, the doctor can have some downtime with his guitar. Which... I was like, sort of. Like, I got the blues so bad. Uh huh. I'm going to sort of start, start playing the bloody sort of like I don't know what he was playing actually, but I thought, oh god, no, lose the guitar. God's sake, it's not what. Oh. I just don't like the guitar. That is it. Sorry. It's, it's, it's this one little quirk about this doctor. At least I it's not the like. Sonic guitar at the moment. <laughs> Wait for that. Give it time. <laughs> well, he doesn't take the walking around with it on the, on the strap to his back like, <laughs> like the beginning of Storybook International. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a reference for the kids. He's going to be a wandering minstrel. <laughs> Oh, so we were sort of kind of disappointed with this one, weren't we? 
Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's just an episode, and it wasn't it wasn't so it wasn't bad enough for me to actually. I mean, I'd probably watch it again. I'm not not unhappy with it. It's just it just there was bits I just couldn't really get involved in. Involved in, yes, yeah. I can I can I can see that actually. But uh, anyway, um, that's what we thought. But what about our um, our listeners? It's it's uh, feedback time now. We've actually got a couple of um, that's like tar again, aren't you? Yes, I yes. <laughs> um, yeah, we got a couple bits of feedback um, for the previous episode actually for for the girl who died. So um, we've got one sort of written uh, bit of feedback, and then we've got some audio feedback for you as well. So um, which is more like a little mini review actually. So uh, but first of all, I'll read out the. Uh, written feedback uh, for the girl who died. That's this is from John Michael Lindsay. Um, he says, "Okay, I won't get a chance to email because obviously John Michael gave us a brief bit of feedback last week. Um, so he was going to email us, but unfortunately, by the time the episode went out, um, he was John Michael. Sorry, you were too late. You were too late. So we're reading it out this week, mate. So I'm yes, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sorry. One thing we demand is punctuality. Obviously. It is indeed. <laughs> yes, because it's one thing we was punctual this evening, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Actually, actually, having said that, our, our announcement later may not be so. <laughs> yeah, it might not be quite so punctual, but we'll come to that later. Um, he said, OK, I won't get the chance to email as my new show opens tonight. So, um, yes, John Michael is, is an actor. So, uh, But on the whole, it was um, only just an OK episode. The week is so far, but historical details are just as easy to get right when you have the budget of the BBC. Um and as obviously last week he mentioned about the, the horns on the Viking helmets were a Victorian romanticism. They're not accurate. Uh, the same with the amount of swords. In those days, a sword held the same value as a Ferrari does now. So you'd only own one if it was passed down through the family or it was a spoil of war. The sword denoted status. So for every farmer's wife to own one is ridiculous. John Davy and the team were great as the mire is slightly underused. But the Odin was laughable, like the captain from the pirate planet, it just seemed OTT. However, nice touch with the reflection flashback to the Tenth Doctor, although the hype about this left it feeling a little bit underwhelming. Maisie Williams was an interesting character, which look forward to seeing more of this week. Just a bit unsure about the Captain Jack Chop just being handed out. Mm. So there we are, there we are. I think quite a bit of that was his worries there were realised. Yes, I think so. I think so. Um, now on to our audio feedback. This is from um, someone called Theta Sigma. Um, going by that, that that handle, and they're from the Theta Sigma podcast. And they've got some. Let's listen to their feedback on um, the girl who died. Once again, the pre-credit sequence was superb. As with the last couple of weeks, this was a return to classic-style Doctor Who, with the TARDIS in peril and the Doctor trying to fix things, as well as at the same time trying to rescue Clara. Fantastic! Also loving the Doctor channelling every spider-hater in the universe in the manner in which he stomps the love sprite to death. Also, did anyone else think for more than a split second that Team TARDIS was back on Scarrow in the petrified forest outside the Dalek City? Then we have the introduction to what we're led to believe will be the main antagonists, the Vikings. And one of the best moments in Doctor Who this season, when the sonic glasses are snapped in two. My only regret from that moment was that it didn't stop them from working. Of course, this was the episode billed to be guest-starring Maisie Williams of Game of Thrones fame. Now, I'm not and never have been a Game of Thrones fan, so for me I was completely underwhelmed by all the fuss, but intrigued enough to want to see what made half the world sit up and take notice when her name is mentioned. And something about her did stand out when the Doctor and Clara are being paraded through the village. Clearly she recognised the Doctor and he appears to recognise her. That he puts down to premonition being remembering in the wrong direction. But Maisie Williams has made her mark on this episode from that moment on. The first appearance of the Mire is quite dramatic initially, but sadly loses its impact fairly quickly when you realise that these are little more than Cybermen needing to lay off the fast food. The only real peril I felt from this scene was when Ashilda and Clara are beamed aboard the spaceship, and to be honest that's very much standard Doctor Who storytelling split the Doctor and his companion up as soon as possible. The episode goes on then with the Doctor preparing the village to face the Maya, once he's been dragged out of another bout of seeming self-pity and rule-baiting by the now-returned Clara. Of course, in the middle of all that, we have the Doctor translating Baby once again. This time, however, played brilliantly straight by Peter Capaldi, as opposed to purely for laughs by his predecessor. 
Then there is, of course, that scene with the Doctor and Clara in the barn. The scene that had been talked about since before the start of Season 8. The scene that RTD said would still work. But back to the episode. On second watch I enjoyed it more, but that's mainly because I chose not to try and take every last little detail in and just enjoy it for what it was. More classic series-style Doctor Who. Plain, simple adventuring. It's what the show does best, and always has done. Well, thanks very much, Theta Sigma. It was, it was, it was more like a little mini-review for us. That was quite uh, that was quite professional, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's quite professional. Um, now, um, on to some other um, written feedback. Says, for, what's it doing on here? What's it doing on here, exactly. <laughs> now, we've got some other written feedback as well um, for, for our uh, Facebook group this week. Um, now, first of all, this is for uh, the woman who lived. Uh, Jeff Waddle gives us a single word review. Dreadful. <laughs> thank, thank you, Jeff. <laughs> Uh, but what yes don't tell us that you're not actually telling us what what you thought of it yeah don't sit on the fence Jeff say what you mean (laughs) other other than that he loved it he loved it indeed Um, now next bit of feedback is from Becky Barnum thanks again Becky for sending this in Um, she says this one was only okay for me uh, the conversations between the Doctor and Ashwood there brought up some very interesting points about immortality, but the theme started to feel repetitive after a while. If anything, this episode really highlighted the wonderful chemistry that Peter and Jenna have, and the void that's left when it isn't there. While I love Maisie Williams and thought she was excellent in The Girl Who Died, this role would have been perhaps better served by an actor with a little more life experience to draw from. Mm, that kind of echoes what I said about not having quite having the gravitas yeah. in certain scenes. Um, uh, John Michael Lindsay, hello again, uh, John Michael. He writes that this story felt like a Doctor Who Highlander crossover almost, which had an entertaining opening, some very interesting discussions about the morality of the situation, which again has been covered in Highlander the series, with Maisie Williams having performed far greater than she had in The Girl Who Died, and with beautiful understatement. And it was all going well until Vincent from Beauty and the Beast turned up. <laughs> uh, then the whole story fell into a downward spiral, a pointless adversary with as limp a plot as was possible. The end is clearly setting up something up for future episodes, with talk already servicing about a return in episode 10, possibly a Jack Hartness return. It, it was, however, a pleasure to have a Clara Light episode for once, and Uncle Paldi to do his thing without being hampered by her. Hmm. Okay, thanks a lot, John Michael. And um, following on from that, we have some more feedback, written feedback this time from Theta Sigma. <clears throat> and he says, without a doubt, the poorest episode of the series so far. No plot, no companion, a monster of the week that does nothing and a complete waste of the guest star. Sadly, this was a poorly written episode where scene after the scene repeats the same information about the consequences of the Doctor's actions last week. Lazy writing in the extreme. Only really good moment was reference to the Terraleptals starting the Great Fire of London at the end of the visitation. Let's hope next week lives up to the promise of the next time trailer. Thank you again, Theta Sigma. And we've also got um, um, some feedback from Laura M. Greenfield. Laura writes, a big letdown, even though last week's episode wasn't perfect either. Nothing is, though, really, is it? Uh, love Mr Capaldi, as always. While I wonder, uh, wondered where Clara was, I don't miss her at all. Um, it is time for her to move on. A pointless monster topped it all off. None of this means I will stop watching or listening to you. Thank you very much, Laura. And thanks, everybody, actually. Um, yeah. yeah, seemed to sort of um, kind of echo what, 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 what we were sort of thinking there. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it, it does seem to be, to a lot of people, a, a bit of a, a bit of a disappointment. Just, just while you was reading that stuff out, I was just actually thinking in terms of, if you want to do an episode, obviously, where the Doctor turns up and he's trying to explain why he doesn't want to be with someone who's immortal, then... Really, just watch Utopia because that was so so much better. Yes, there we are. I think well, that's a good point to end that. I think actually, isn't it? Our yep. review. Yes, that's a very very good point. Uh, yeah, go and watch Utopia. Anyway, um, now the next episode of Doctor Who is the the Zygon invasion. Now we won't be back for a further well for a couple of weeks, will we? No, because I'm not very punctual. <laughs> no, Paul's not punctual. He's he's off trying to contact the dead again, aren't you? So, <laughs> I am. Yes. So, we're, so I, I keep getting their voicemail at the moment. So. 
So, um, yeah, so what we're going to do, um, we're going to be reviewing the Zygon Invasion and the Zygon Inversion all at the same time in two weeks. Yeah. So that, that's what that's what we're going to do. Um, unfortunately, we just couldn't... We, we were trying to find a way whether to sort of to get the episode out next week. We, we just couldn't do it. So... Um, Chances are it wouldn't have been out before. Even if we managed to record it, it wouldn't have been, been that much. Very close to to the, the other one going out. So yeah, exactly. Using yeah, just a bit, just a bit. So we're, we're going to leave it for a couple of weeks, and then we're um, then we're going to sort of do it as as a as a, as a double episode in in effect, really. So yes. So there you go. So there you go. So we we <laughs> Does back- that mean I get double pay. Yes, <laughs> pay. We get paid for. <laughs> If we get paid for this one, we we'd be mugging off people for the last four years. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! But as always, um, we'll be looking for your feedback on those episodes as well. So please, um, you can email us at whosiepodcast at yahoo.co.uk. Um, you can leave us feedback on. Uh, actually, sorry, I've got one more bit of feedback. I forgot. I'm sorry, very sorry, Ben. Ben Reed, you sent us a message on Twitter. Let me quickly read this out. He said, hey, guys, here's my take on the last two episodes of uh, Doctor Who. Uh, okay, what's coming up next week? I was really looking forward to these stories. I love Maisie Williams and Game of Thrones. Problem is, I think that's what we got here on Who. We got a lot of the same mannerisms, attitude, etc. that she plays, uh, that she portrays on Game of Thrones. I don't fault Williams, though, as I suspect she did the best with the material she was given. These stories had some um, aspects I liked, and a whole lot that I didn't. The Tharrell wannabe and Sonic Sunglasses barbecue lighter, <laughs> yes, it was this week, wasn't it, were chief among the cringeworthy aspects of the stories. There was a lot of potential in these stories, and it just fell flat for me. On to next week, eh? I hope this finds you both um, well. Take care. Thanks, Ben. Sorry, I, I, yeah. very, very quick remembered that I, I the, the Twitter page open with your feedback gonna, on this. We're going to try and pass off some late news in. Just in. <laughs> <laughs> late item of news like the two Ronnies again isn't it <laughs> late item of news yeah so yeah so um, as I was saying um, you can email us whosiepodcast at yahoo.co.uk you can send us Twitter feedback you can send us a, a direct message and um, we can be found at um, who's underscore he underscore podcast and you can also leave us um, feedback on our Facebook group if you're a member of that and also on our Facebook page as well so you can find us in many locations if you want to send us feedback. <laughs> yeah, usually pubs no. usually yes um. it was last week yeah. <laughs> oh dear so there we are so that really is it so we we shall be back as we said a moment ago in two weeks time yes when we re- we, we do the zygon two-parter so until then it is goodbye from me phil and goodbye from me paul goodbye to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at whos-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Mm-hmm.